the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Trump is Hitler. That's the go-to phrase when Democrats get really frustrated, and that's when they show how they really feel. Uh, President Trump had them all fired up and had them rolling in the aisles at CPAC on Saturday. Uh, by now, you've seen or heard plenty of excerpts from his speech uh, that went on for about two and a half hours, mostly without a teleprompter, by the way, which is interesting because um, Trump is supposed to be the guy who's not that smart, and uh, Obama, and, you know, he's supposed to be dumb and bumbling, and Obama um, is supposed to be the smart guy, and Trump seems to be pretty good at speaking off the cuff, and Obama, who was always considered the smartest guy in the room, no matter how big the room was, needs a teleprompter to order a pizza, so... Uh, that's kind of funny, I guess. Anyway, um, but back to Hitler. Here's a little ex- excerpt from the president's speech on Saturday. The men and women here today are on the front lines of protecting America's interest, defending America's value, and reclaiming our nation's priceless heritage. Sig Heil! No, you... You know how much liberals hate it when anybody, especially Donald Trump, uh, you know, tries to say something nice about America or tries to say that, you know, or maybe our, our our identity is starting to slip away somewhere. Not long after that, somebody named Samantha Vinograd said this on CNN. Preserving our heritage, reclaiming our heritage. That sounds a lot like a certain leader that killed members of my family and about six million other uh, Jews in the 1940s. Uh, Yeah, she played the Hitler card there. I think that's who she was referring to. But it took about 30 seconds for somebody on Twitter to come up with this clip from a guy who could be announcing that he's running for president sometime in the next, I don't know, five minutes. Uh, Maybe you remember Vice President Joe Biden. Here he is in 2011. It's time to stand up. It's time to fight back. It's time to reclaim our heritage, and it's time, and we are ready. We are looking for this fight. The future of our country depends on it. That was at the um, the Florida Democratic uh, Convention. I don't know what he was doing there, but do you remember anybody getting upset about that? I don't. I probably thought it was a rousing speech by Joe. At least it wasn't plagiarized. At least I don't think it was. Um, but Samantha Vinograd... <laughs> Here's the, this is the best part about it. Samantha Vinograd, you heard her say, you know, the, the stuff about um, it being about uh, reminding her of a guy who killed six million of people of her heritage uh, and may, playing the, the Hitler card. Well, Samantha Vinograd, she is an advisor. Are you ready for this? At the Biden Institute at the University of Delaware. Ah, yeah. Couldn't be more perfect. She's comparing Donald Trump to Hitler, and the guy who she's completely associated with somehow uh, at the uh, University of Delaware said exactly the same thing seven or eight years ago. Eight years ago, I guess now, and somehow she wasn't aware that he had ever said that. And I don't know know what the reaction was on CNN. I'm going to guess that when she said it, the person sitting across from her was bobbing their head, nodding in agreement. Uh, but so President Trump said that there are a lot of uh, people in the Democratic Party who hate America. Uh, that may or may not be true, but there are definitely a lot of liberals who hate a certain group of Americans from a certain part of the country. And the more they show it, the more likely it is that Trump's going to win again. Selena Zato wrote about that uh, in her weekend column at the New York Post. She's going to join us next. Stick around.
Obamacare, Trumpcare, ACA, COBRA. There are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind. Expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years. Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial Plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. Let's talk credit card debt for a minute. If you feel you're carrying too much of it, you're not alone. The average household in the U.S. carries over $8,000 in credit card debt. Ready for some good news? With a cash-out refinance from Quicken Loans, you can quickly and easily put some of the equity in your home to good use by paying off a lot of that high-interest credit card debt. A great way to take cash out is with our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.5%, APR 4.78%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN to learn how taking cash out with a 30-year fixed mortgage might be the right solution for you. And for a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 2% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. She seems happier. Her fur is so much shinier, silkier, softer. She has really mellowed a lot. Sheba is a 105 lean pounds of shiny, smooth, happy dog for life. The shedding has stopped. The itching has stopped. Since 2001, we've helped more than a quarter million dogs get over their nutritional deficiency miseries. And saved our customers bazillions in vet bills. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. Come to Dynavite for help. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dynavite is nutrition. Dynavite for life. Don't let your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy. Come to Dynavite for help. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? If you haven't called Windows or Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for siding, doors, gutters, downspouts, and roof replacement and repair. Factory certified by North America's largest roof manufacturer, Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months on up to $20,000. Windows R Us will match any competitor's price. No hidden fees or surprises ever. Schedule a free roof inspection today. Mention AM 1250 for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. Windows R Us, more than a window company. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I've never found uh, Bill Maher to be all that funny. Definitely not funny enough to have his own show on HBO, uh, at least not for this long anyway. I think it's more about his willingness to say shocking things that other people might not be willing to say than his actual sense of humor. So I never watched the show, ever. But Selena Zito, who used to work for the Pittsburgh Tribune Review but now works for the New York Post, among other publications, and also wrote a book about the 2016 election called The Great Revolt Inside the Populist Coalition Reshaping American Politics. She apparently does watch Bill, uh, so she wrote a (laughs) column about it this weekend. She joins us now. Thanks for being here, Selena. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, well, I don't really watch him, but I saw the uh, I, I I saw the segment when it came across uh, social media about the things that he said. So I, of course, had to go back and watch 
right. to see if it was really so true. So what yeah. did he say that helped you write your column this week? Well, I mean, first of all, you're right. He's a comedian, and, you know, mayor is going to be mayor, and he's going to throw out red meat because that's what comedians do to, uh, to um, you know, in, in, incite their audience uh, and keep their audience. But uh, what I thought was so appalling is some of the things that he said was that the audience that was there cheered him on, uh, which means they, you know, at least somewhat approved of it, if not, you know, 100% embraced it. And, you know, he went on this tear, began uh, for, when he began criticizing Jeff Bezos for uh, putting uh, the, the Amazon headquarters initially in New York City, uh, saying that, you know, you essentially that you're just, you know, stoking the envy that already exists between red states and blue states. And, and then he went on to say how, you know, red states are envious of blue states. You know, we, the people in red states are sort of like Meghan Markle's dad, uh, and, uh, the people in blue states are, are like the royalty, right? They am, uh, people in red states envious, envy people that live in blue states and, you know, things like, um, uh, and of course, the, by the way, let me, uh, sorry to interrupt, uh, Selena, but I, yeah. I would actually rather be Meghan Markle's dad than royalty, but go ahead. <laughs> and, and the we Chef Boyardee and they yeah. eat and Puck. Uh, which, honestly, Chef Boyardee is one of the most wonderful American stories of an immigrant coming to this country and, you know, making it, the, you know, the American dream. So he had it all wrong in all sorts of ways. And as you say, the, the audience loved it, and I think they would love it if he said, let's go to the White House and string up the president. They, they would cheer that and probably run out of the building with him. Well, within elite circles, he's certainly not one of their favorites. So, Uh, yeah, for sure. So is this all about the bubble that so many people in the media live in, especially the ones who work on the coasts and never – they wouldn't dare, like, find themselves in the middle of Ohio or Kentucky or someplace like that? Well, you know, it's part of the problem with all of our elite institutions – and I'm, I'm talking about not just the media, but also the entertainment and the um, big, large companies and even large sports organizations. Um, I talk a lot about that in the book, The Great Revolt. The problem is, John, is that is the people that are decision makers uh, in all of these larger institutions all live within the, within the same zip code, uh, which typically surrounds New York or Washington, Chicago or Los Angeles. And, you know, they all went to sort of the same elite schools. And I would argue that they need more diversity within those leaderships of those organizations. And I'm not just talking about race. I'm also talking about having people in your organization that are at the top that went to a state school or went to a community college or is, you know, when it comes to cultural decisions, including entertainment, that is pro-life or sits in a pew every Sunday or owns a gun or goes hunting. There's not enough diversity of views within these organizations, and this is part of what has caused this populist coalition to coalesce outside of these institutions. I often tell people that live in Manhattan, imagine, if you will, for the past 30 years, your whole entire neighborhood has be, has decayed. The jobs have left. The skyscrapers have bl- um, blown out windows. And, uh, you know, buildings are starting to collapse. And then turn on the television and everyone's making fun of you. You're the butt of every joke in every Academy Award show or every movie. That's how people feel outside of New York. That's how it's been for decades, and they don't seem to understand or be empathetic to the fact that it is a problem. Yeah, they haven't gotten it yet. And, you know, a long time ago, uh, it was probably in a discussion I had about sports and, you know, the, the Pirates or the Penguins as a, uh, compared to, um, you know, the, the uh, New York Rangers or the Yankees, and... I found I always found that the New York media, when it came to covering sports, was the same way. They were um, <clears throat> they they looked at places like Pittsburgh like they didn't matter because it was only a small town, and if you weren't in New York, it didn't matter. And here's the thing: somebody I saw somewhere wrote that the definition of a hick 
is someone who thinks that the that where he or she lives is the entire world, and that they don't they're not they're not they're not um, aware of anything outside their own area where they live. And and this whoever it was that wrote this, I've I've always remembered it. They said that 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 there's nothing there's no one who's more of a hick than someone who lives in New York City and thinks that everything revolves around New York City. That's that's being Absolutely. a hick. That's the same if you live yeah. in some little town in Ohio and think that's the world. It, it's the same. Well, it's the same concept. That's exactly right. And you and I are the same age. We both grew up in the seventies, and we can both remember with clarity how the national media looked upon our Steelers when they were coming up and beating the crap out of everyone in the seventies, and nobody expected it from from this city or from those players. And and they really had a hard time with the narrative about us. They didn't get us. And so you would see that sort of bias in their reporting about the Steelers and about the town any time that the game was played at Three River Stadium. And even a few years ago, Selena, we're talking to Selena Zito of the New York Post and author of the book The Great Revolt. Um, uh, e- even when it came to, comes to, uh, and this is, Pretty recently, if when Pittsburgh had a team that whether the Penguins or Steelers playing in a, in a championship game and and the a network was giving it big coverage, and, and I'm just talking about within the last few years, they still would do stories about it being a steel town. They'd even they, I don't know where they found pictures of steel mills, but they would you'd see they they still I, they still treat it like it was 1965. I it's it's astounding to me. It's they they still write stories like this. I, I remember when I drove across the country for the New York Post, uh, and I, I had a photographer with me, and uh, we drove across Route 30, which is the old Lincoln Highway, all back roads. Mm-hmm. And she had never, she had never been to to Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania or Ohio or Indiana or Illinois, and she was like shocked that Pittsburgh looked the way that it did, and it's sort of stunning to me that these stereotypes are so embedded within our culture, and they've never changed. And they're hicks for not being aware of it. Uh, <laughs> seriously, they are. I mean, that, and and it's, it goes on today. And Bill Maher's probably a hick. He thinks that the world is... Where, I don't know where he's even... Is he in New York or L.A.? Where is he? I have no idea. Well, probably wherever it is, he, he thinks that's, <laughs> that's the world. Um, so you do make a point of doing stories from flyover country, and you actually talk to people who live in places where people like Bill Maher never go. Uh, and you quoted some of those people in your column, didn't you? Yes, I did. And, and, and I wanted to make a point that, you know, one of the things about Trump that people think that he caused this populist coalition. He didn't. He's the result of this. This has been building for years. So I went out and I talked to people who live in red states but didn't vote for Trump that are still insulted by how people within the cultural elite look at them because they make the decision to to live in a red state and both of these guys were like look we like opera and music and good clothes and fine wine and you know nice cars you know it's it's this continuation of how you degrade people within your own country isn't isn't going to uh, isn't going to win us over so establishment Democrats and establishment Republicans who are trying to win back voters who sort of left their flock to vote for, for Trump, um, all they continue to do, for the most part, not all of them, but most of them continue to just insult their way to the bank, except, we, except no one else, none of this sort of populist conservatives want to go to that, make a deposit in that bank. Because, you know, they spend the bulk of their time insulting them. That's not how you win hearts and minds. Yeah, and uh, you're, in your book, um, The Great Revolt, it was all about how Donald Trump became president right under the noses of the mainstream press. And we, and you can throw Hollywood in there and lots of other people on the left. Yeah. And it is happening again, isn't it? I mean, it, they're not they're not doing anything to to bring back the people who voted for Trump in 2016 to vote uh, Democrat, even the Democrats who voted for Trump. Why would they come back? Right. And the whole point of the Great Revolt was to figure out, was this a fluke or is this the new coalition? 
And this is definitely the new coalition, the new populist conservative coalition. I mean, it's sort of like your Bible, if you want to understand not only what happened before, but this was written what after, what happened after, and those sentiments have only gone deeper. Uh, and and it, it astounds me that, you know, a, a lot of people within my own profession uh, still don't sort of understand how condescending they are and how that people have had it. I mean, I would argue that the, I mean, and this isn't just in politics. This is across our culture. Our distrust with the larger institutions is incredibly skeptical. Look how the NFL treated what happened with the um, with Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Where is the NFL located? Where are their headquarters? New York. Yeah, on Park Avenue. Mm-hmm. I would argue that it should be in Canton, Ohio, <laughs> because people on Park Avenue do not have season tickets to to um, to football games. If you look up football games. I mean, if you look up NFL um, um, fan, it says, you know, someone from the Midwest or blue collar. Yeah, that's right? a good point. They should and, have their headquarters in Canton. But, the, you know, that that that's uh, that makes sense in some ways. But, you know, it's all about money. And uh, there's it's a billion-dollar business. So that's what they're about. Exactly right. But that's, that's the larger problem, not only in politics, but within our culture. And it's going to continue. It's, it's not going to let up because, you know, um, larger corporations have decided to take sides. Look at Dick's Sporting Goods. Mm-hmm. They've decided to take a, to take a side um, on the gun issue, and which, which is an interesting proposition in that you have to think about your bottom line and what percent, you know, how much are you willing to give up in the name of politics? And I think uh, companies are continue, going to continue to step up to the edge of the water and have to decide, do I to choose a side or do I um, stay neutral? I think the next two years are going to be a real sort of awakening as to how corporate America uh, decides if they're going to become social justice warriors, which is what the NFL did in 2016 and 2017 or are they or are they going to be um uh, something that everyone can can buy and they don't get involved in the fray i would argue you're going to win hearts and minds over if you keep politics out of every single thing that we do mm-hmm. talking to uh, finishing up here with selena zito um the move towards socialism by the Democrats, doesn't seem to me to be the way to get back the voters who left the Democrats to go to Trump. And that's exactly what we talk about in the Great Revolt. You know how how does Trump hold on to this um, to hold on to his presidency? Right? How does he win again? Well, if 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 he's running against a Joe Biden or a uh, Sarah Brown in Ohio or a Mike Bennett from Colorado. Uh, then, then there's going to be sort of that conflict, and he's going to face a real problem in getting reelected. But the further that that the people, uh, the further the Democrats go on the left, the the, the further their chances become in them winning back the presidency. America will accept a lot of change, and change is always inevitable. But America will not embrace um, socialism. Um, the, you know, in a large amount. Of course, there's always going to be people that they find that that's the most appealing thing and they believe that that's their best form of government. But uh, in a large part, you're not going to see the country move that way. Selena, always good to have you on. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're gonna, Thanks I, so much for having me. I got about 15, I got 30 seconds. You're going to write another book about this election? Yes, I am. <laughs> That's all I can say about it right now. Why doesn't that surprise me? Hey, thanks, Selena. See you next time. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Selena Zito of the uh, New York Post and author of the book, The Great Revolt. She's writing another one, and we'll have her on to talk about it one of these days. We will be back to talk about some real stupidity at Boston University. Don't send your kid there. Stick around. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRostra. The death toll from deadly weather over the weekend remains at 23 in Alabama as search crews are still combing an area in the southeast part of the state where an F3 tornado wreaked havoc in Lee County. 
Sheriff Jay Jones says he doesn't recall anything so horrible happening there before. This hurts my heart. Um, I, I, I love this county, and um, it's it's uh, it's extremely upsetting to me to, to see these people hurting like this. At a White House event this morning, President Trump says the rest of America stands with Alabama. A meteorologist with the National Weather Service says the deaths could have come from more than one tornado, but regardless, he said it was the highest single-day death toll from tornadoes in the U.S. since May of 2013, when an EF5 twister killed 24 in Moore, Oklahoma. President Trump says he'll cooperate with the House Judiciary Committee's sweeping investigation into his White House. This is SRN News. When it comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com. Are you a responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper in credit card debt? Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity Debt Management will consolidate your accounts and work with your creditors. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. Dennis Prager explains what we're up against. Within days, we reported on this show that it was very suspect, this whole report. Beaten with a noose around his neck and hospitalized. They're going to announce that he is an, an abomination. They lie because they don't even care about the truth. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1250. The Answer. You're an insurance agent. You're also an entrepreneur looking to grow. And what better way to grow than by being your own boss? Owning your own Farmers Insurance Agency has been called one of the best small business opportunities in America. With a nationally respected brand, award-winning training, and your personal experience business coach, your opportunity to grow is unlimited. No franchise fees required. Visit BeAFarmersAgent.com and start growing. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Tax season is here again, with more tax law changes than we've seen in 30 years. But no matter how difficult your return is, William Egan CPA can make it easy. William Egan is the local CPA for everyday people. Bill and his staff can demystify your tax filing process for less money than the big national chains with work that's guaranteed. He's been doing it for over 20 years. He can do it for you. Visit SteelCityCPA.com. William Egan, the local CPA for everyday people. Like you at SteelCityCPA.com. The pit- Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber proudly presents the next Innovation Pittsburgh. Friday evening, March 8th, 5 to 7.30 p.m. at the Doubletree by Hilton and Mars. Join host former Allegheny County Executive James Roddy, along with U.S. Representative Connor Lamb and Pennsylvania House Speaker Mike Terzai on issues facing our community. Come for open networking and hors d'oeuvres at 5, followed by presentations and panel discussion. Tickets and details at pghnorthchamber.com. That's pghnorthchamber.com. Elevate your leadership game at the L3 One Day Conference, a day to grow your leadership, your network, your future. 9 to 4, Friday, March 15th at the Marriott Pittsburgh North and Cranberry. Join L3 leadership founder Doug Smith, Heffron Tillotson's Kim Fleming, the Pittsburgh Promises Celine Gabriel, and a panel of expert guests who will inspire and train you and your team to reach your maximum potential. The L3 One Day Conference, Friday, March 15th. Register while you can at L3OneDay.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the Parkway East, there are some delays outbound from Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Inbound jamming up from 2nd Avenue down to near Stanwyck Street. There is a disabled vehicle causing a bit of a backup. Parkway West is heavy outbound Parkway Center Drive to Carnegie and inbound from Green Tree Road to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Looking busy outbound 65 heading up to the McKees Rocks Bridge and in Penn Hills, an accident road I road at Purity Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. The next few days are looking very cold, especially for March. Partly cloudy tonight, low near 10. Brisk and very cold tomorrow, by only 22. It'll turn cloudy, followed by some snow showers around in the afternoon and evening. No accumulation except in the laurels, just a small accumulation there. 
Otherwise, tomorrow night, cloudy, low 12. Clouds to break for partial sun Wednesday, high only 22. I'm meteorologist Frank Strait on AM 1250, The Answer. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. I uh, I think I should start this segment off with an apology. We've been doing this show now for about seven months, uh, eight months actually, and um, I spent a lot of time talking about the stupidity running rampant on college campuses, most of it having to do with liberal ideology run amok and then conservatives trying to survive in that and try to combat it. I should have compiled a list of schools for listeners uh, for you not to send your kid to. Um, So we start the list off today, okay, with Boston University. Diana Soriano wrote about her experiences there for the College Fix, and she joins us now. Diana, thanks for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, am I being mean? But I mean, I, I was going to start off by just uh, talking about the piece you wrote. But yeah. uh, am I being re- um, well, mean for telling people not to go to Boston U? Um, not mean, but a little unrealistic. Because if you were going to make that list, it would probably be every single school. So it would just be not sending schools to college. So I just think it's a little unrealistic to say that. Well, I'm willing to make every. I'm I'm willing to make a list, make up a list that includes every college, if that's the way. It, oh yeah, it mean, would be every single school in the United States, pretty much. <laughs> well, there's Hillsdale College. We got Grove City close to here in Pittsburgh. Uh, there, yeah. there are a couple you might be able to get away with. And, and and I teach at a school, Waynesburg University. I, I uh, it's a Christian school. I think okay. you might. I mean, I I don't know if it's everyone, but I could. I, I would. But let's say it this. I, I say it this way. I would not. Uh, I couldn't. Uh, the, the list wouldn't fit in this room that I'm sitting in right now. If I... Oh yeah, it, it definitely wouldn't. So, um, but you have to be careful with that, though, because that's kind of what they want you to do. They want you to not send your conservative children to these schools, so then they are at a disadvantage when you're they're applying a job. Oh, um, so okay. you don't want to do that. It, it's the best thing is to just teach your kids how to be a happy warrior and give them the tools. They need to be able to combat this. Yeah, and we'll get to that. You you conclude your piece by saying you're pretty much a happy warrior, but uh, yeah, you apparently committed the sin of suggesting that maybe they ought to try for some you know intellectual diversity. What happened? Right. So I was a political science major. Um, I downgraded that to a minor uh, after this incident. Um, so I recently posted an op-ed sort of fix about this, um, just outlining some of my experiences with liberal bias on campus. I actually went to Lehigh um, in Pennsylvania before, um, so I actually transferred. But So there were similar experiences there, which is not just at BU. Um, but I joined my BU's political science board, um, which was a group of students, political science majors, um, a professor, and the political science advisor. Um, the board was literally made to make the political science department better. And I got on this, like they didn't know I was conservative or anything. Um, it was kind of scary for me to do. Um, and uh, for our first meeting, after about an hour of listening to everyone else there, especially, um, not a provocateur at all, um, I did suggest a very crazy idea, as you said. Um, I said that we should do a better job with promoting intellectual diversity. Um, at first, they told me that I, I said like, we should like have more debates and stuff. And at first, I was told that the word debate was like, too aggressive. I shouldn't say debate. I should say discussion. Um, so I was like, okay, like, sure, like, discussion, more discussion. Um, <laughs> um, and then this girl, another student, compared me to a former student whose name I don't even want to say because I don't even want to give him the righty, but he used to go to BU, this student. Um, he went to the white supremacist rally in Charlottesville, and he's regarded as a neo-Nazi, and she immediately was comparing me to him, um, saying that, like, he sat here in those same seats asking for what you're asking for. Like, I'm not comfortable giving a space for people like that. Therefore, you're a neo-Nazi, in other words. (laughs) Yeah, like, she was implying that I was like that. Um, I mean, she said it in a very, like, kind of, like, skirted around it, but, like, I knew exactly what she was saying. Um, And I was very shocked by it. Um, I thought that someone else in the room would say something, but no one did. Um, Even, like, especially the professors in the room, like, full-grown adults, should be like, okay, maybe you shouldn't compare her to, like, a very evil thing for no reason. Um, but the conversation just turned into talking about conservatives, as if neo-Nazi and conservatives are, like, one and the same. <laughs> um, <laughs> this one girl, um, she was talking about how on her team, she's on a sports team here, there are these two girls from Texas 
who, um, like, you know, are Texas conservatives. And they were saying that they wanted to be, they were thinking about being political science majors. And she was saying, like, oh, that's not going to go well. And everyone in the room was laughing because, like, they want it to be that way where conservatives don't feel comfortable and, like, there is no space for them. Like, they think that's a good thing. Um, so then I was just really, like, kind of horrified because I didn't realize it was even that bad. Um, well, yeah, you, I, you mentioned the board after that. You mentioned your piece that uh, they someone said that conservatives really shouldn't major in political science at BU. Right, that's what they were saying about the Texas conservatives. Yeah. They were saying that like that she can't be a political science major. Like if she's a conservative, like that's not going to be welcome. And they were laughing about it because they didn't realize. I don't think they like fully realized that I was conservative. Um, I don't really know. Um, I think they were getting um, suspicious though. Well, when know, I was saying that, yeah. Well, you know what jumped out at me just now? What you said, and it was in your piece too, <laughs> Be- mm-hmm. because uh, you know you're you're in a group of people who are majoring in political science. Okay, now you're a political uh-huh. science major, which means I'm guessing that every once in a while you talk about what happens in you know Congress and what happens in right. various countries where they uh, have discussions that are actually debates. That's what they. do. <laughs> That's what they I do know. in the in the uh, House of Representatives and the Senate. They and they use that word a lot. I think so. You're, yeah. there, there are people there who are being paid to teach you, and nobody thought that that was ridiculous. That somebody said debate was a word that was what too aggressive or scary or yeah, what, what was the too aggressive. <laughs> uh, I mean, you mean there was a professor in there or yeah. two that heard someone say that and didn't say what do you mean. What are you talking about? Debate is a word that should offend you or scare you. Why wouldn't somebody who's paid to teach young people jump all over that and tell the kid he's an idiot for saying it? Yeah, so that was actually part of what I tried to explain to them. I didn't say much, but one of the things I did say was, listen, like BU is like supposed to be a prestigious school. Like, I don't want to be a political science major in a department that has the reputation of like not being able to talk about stuff. Like, because that's not prestigious. Like, people make fun of certain majors because of this, because they know that, like, they're not actually learning anything. And that's why I changed my major, because it wasn't education. It was indoctrination. Wow. Why did you pick Boston U, and why did you pick a political science in the beginning? Well, I'm a pre-law student, so I can kind of major in what I want. And Mm -hmm. most, yeah, most do political science. Um, And I was very interested in politics. That mostly started at Lehigh. Um... So I thought, like, okay, if I'm interested in politics, let's do political science. But, you know, all ideologies aren't welcome there at all. Um, like, when I said diversity of thought, that was some kind of um, dog whistle for neo-Nazi. That's how it like, translated in their heads. Um, I mean, I will say that, like, not all professors are... There's two types of professors, but I've had both of them. Some of them are, like... Some of them are kind of malicious. Like, they know that they're very aware of it. They know they're presenting their opinion as fact. They want students to leave the school thinking and voting the way they do. They want to raise my generation, Gen Z, to think the way that they do. And they are fully aware of it. Um, like, one professor I had like that was at Lehigh. Um, he was, it was a political theory class where you're supposed to learn about political ideology. When we were learning about fascism, his chapter on fascism, of course you read his book. You read his opinionated book that he wrote. Um, and he made the entire fascism chapter about Trump and how Trump's a fascist. And I don't think that's very fair to students. It's not no. It's not education. And, like, I, I know, like, academic freedom and all that. Like, he's allowed to do it. But, like, just because they're allowed to do something doesn't mean it's right. Um, and then there's the second kind of professor that some of them just, like, aren't aware of it. Like, they don't see it. They're leftists, but they it's so deeply embedded in them that they, like, can't even fathom that someone would disagree. Um, and that's what struck me about this situation at, at BU with the neo-Nazi thing. Because it was more of the, the B situation, the second situation. Like, they didn't, like, it went over their heads. Like, they didn't even realize it. Like, it was so deeply embedded in them, and that's what made me upset. Because I thought the problem was a lot worse than I thought. And, like, I thought I would be able to help it, but I don't really don't think that I can that much. And uh, being a Catholic is a problem, too, there? Oh, uh, I mean, I know what comment you're talking about. That was actually at Lehigh, but that was actually at Lehigh. Well, you you mentioned that you were when they found out you were Catholic. They asked somebody asked you if, if you were ever microaggressed by a priest. Oh yeah, that was in a religion class. Um, so they they were like, 
I said that we were talking about religion and stuff, and I think I was the only Catholic in the room, um, and they were, like, so surprised by it, and they were like, how do you feel, like, being a woman there? Because, like, women can't be priests. Like, it's a patriarchy. Like, isn't that awful? Like, don't the priests microaggress you? And I was, like, I was, like, about to laugh. Like, I was, like, what are you talking about? No, they don't microaggress me. Like, what does that even mean? Well, um, we're talking to Diana C. Uh, Soriano. She's a, you are still a student there, correct? Or, yep. Yeah, and, and I'm she, sure I'll add to this article <laughs> later. Yeah, and uh, wrote about her experiences there for the college fix at Bo- at Boston U. Um, I got a question for you, just because I'm sure. a guy who hasn't been in college for a long, long time, and I keep hearing these words that come out of there that just baffle me. Do you actually know human beings like that are your age that actually? believe that they've been microaggressed and that they actually talk about that? Do they actually use that word in conversation? Yes, I mean, it happened in my class that I was just talking about. Well, but I mean, like, that, uh, that was a teacher. So I'm, I'm just talking about when you're not when you're in a class, but oh, when you're... The, 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 oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, there's a big difference between... I mean, the political science department, like, people who would be on the political science board, like, that's like the leftist of the left students, like... That's where they're going to be. But, like, most students don't think like that. Like, a lot of it is administration. Like, during orientation, we, ha- we did, like, this whole microaggression training. But most, most of the kids thought it was BS. Like, this is not. And I actually helped start um, a Young Americans for Freedom chapter at the school. And we've gotten a lot of um, support from other students. People are really happy about it. Wow. And so, I mean, I, it's just, you know, I was in college and, and, and I was in college at a time when there was a lot of uh, turmoil. It was in the 70s and, you know, uh, um, uh, pro- protests, Vietnam, and there was a lot of, uh, a lot of turmoil. But right. th- the idea that, that someone over the age of 12 would be concerned about a microaggression it's, uh, <laughs> and, and that it's allowed to continue when nobody, nobody, um, points out the stupidity of it it's just it's stunning to me stunning yeah i mean people get very afraid to do it um you mentioned that you when you went to college um i know it was like i guess it was like around the berkeley free, free speech movement was it not yeah yeah so um i don't know if you saw this the other day um a conservative activist uh, was oh, yeah. punched in the face at berkeley okay yep, so yep. yeah um like a lot i think a lot of leftists will see my uh, article and kind of think like, oh, like who's the one victimizing themselves now? Like who's the snowflake now? Um, first of all, like I'm not saying I'm oppressed. Um, and don't act like if some, if I did get punched in the face, you would care. Because just the other week, when a conservative activist was punched in the face, I want to read you a tweet from not a random news source. The Washington Post tweeted this. I don't know if you saw this. I quote: A conservative a, a conservative activist was punched in the face at UC Berkeley. The response enraged the right. That's the, I'm not kidding. It's still yeah. up. The story was the story wasn't the conservative activists getting punched. The story was like the right getting upset about it. Like, shouldn't that enrage everyone? Right. Why the, is that just the right? And the video was all over uh, uh, Twitter, yep. and um, they arrested the guy. I think yesterday he's under. He's they caught him. So yep. he's and he's going to be charged with felony assault. And I hope the the conservative who got sucker punched. I hope he sues him for a big chunk of money. The guy who did it's twenty eight yeah. years old, by the way. So um, also before I let you go here, um, sure. Diana, um, pronouns. How how, how are you dealing with pronouns on campus up there at BU? Oh, I thought you were asking for mine. No, no, no. Um, I, I think I'm going to go with her or she if that's okay with you. Yeah, it's okay with me. Right. Um, so yeah, like. In political science classes, sometimes they ask you, um, and like for training for my YAF chapter, like they'll ask you, like you'll have to go around the room, like say your pronouns <laughs> and including your introduction. And a new thing that professors are doing and administrators in their signature, um, in their emails, their name will be like Courtney, like something that's obviously a girl, a girl, and then yeah. they'll put their pronouns too. And it's like thanks, like you didn't need to write that, but okay. <laughs> well, because you wouldn't want to offend them by referring to them as. Uh her, her or or referring referring to they how do, i don't know how you're we there was a story we had from the uh uh it was a story about a guy who became he's he's now a oh, what do they call it it's um a gender a g e n d e r he's decided that oh, he's okay. an alien and he's not no he's no longer uh any gender and he's shaving his eyebrows 
and is something he else. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, no, is he no, but troll, no, I don't, no, no, no. He's he's they were taking him seriously, but the story uh, was written by the Daily Telegraph, and when they referred yeah. to him, they referred to him as they. Not he. Um, it was they. Because okay. he's neither. Yeah. So he's got to be they. I, I, I feel bad for you having to deal with that. The college should be fun. You should also learn something. But I want to tell you something. The people that I've spoken to, the, the students I've spoken to from uh, the college fix and campus reform, you have to be the smartest people on campus. And when you get out, you know what you're going to do, Diana? You're going to actually what? get a job, you know, and be, I am. and be a normal human being. But I, 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 congratulations on the piece. Keep up the good work, and thanks for being on the radio with me. Thank you so much. Okay, that's Diana Soriano of the College Fix. You should check that out. There's something on there every day that'll make you want to throw up and also keep you from sending your kids to stupid places like Boston U. We'll be right back. 401k and investments reviewed recently? Are you concerned about a stock market correction? When was the last time your advisor called you to talk strategy? If you can't remember, then you need to call John Dugas for a complimentary, unbiased review. Why? Well, John is an independent, registered representative with independent broker-dealer Fortune Financial Services. For over 30 years, John has been helping clients to think big picture, explaining their retirement planning options in easy-to-understand language without convoluted financial jargon. If buy and hold is what you're used to, it's time you heard about proactive reallocations and tactical investment strategies that help you take control of your financial future. Start with a free risk analysis in person today at 724-327-2601. That's 724-327-2601 or visit DugasFinancial.com. John Dugas and Dugas Financial Group do not give tax or legal advice. Securities offered through Fortune Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. 724-327 G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. I want to personally thank all my Plug-In Pest Free customers who have taken the time out to call, write, and who have left messages to thank me for ridding their homes and businesses of unwanted rodent and pest problems. So from me to you, I thank you. Plug-In Pest Free is the only scientifically tested and, more importantly, consumer-proven electromagnetic pest management system since 1995. Why put up with those annoying rodents and pests any longer? Plug-In Pest Free is 100% chemical-free, making it your safest bet to manage your rodent and pest problems around your family and pets. With a 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code SAVE20 for 20% off and free shipping. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Gopestfree.com today. Few moments bring you joy like going to the mailbox after you've done your taxes. Pulling it open, reaching in, discarding the junk mail, and then pulling out that item you've been waiting so... What? Someone already filed for my return? It sounds like a horror story, but it's a reality. Cyber criminals can use your personal information to get a tax refund in your name, or even commit other forms of ID theft. Good thing there's LifeLock with Norton. LifeLock's dedicated identity restoration specialists will work to fix your identity issues. And we've added more protection with Norton Security to help block thieves from stealing information on your devices. No one can prevent all identity theft or cybercrime or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But join today and get 10% off your first year and then enjoy peace of mind all year long. Head to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK and enter promo code TITTLE. That's promo code TITTLE for 10% off your first year. LifeLock with Norton. The way you get your medicine prescriptions is now changing across America. GoGoMeds.com can deliver your medicine right to your door. Here's all you need to do. Your doctor gives you the prescription. You go online to GoGoMeds.com, put in your information, and make sure to include the promo code MIKE2018 to save $10 off your first prescription. Your meds are then delivered to your home, and you've saved money. It's that easy. No more waiting, no lines, no copay each month, and best of all, no wandering around the store aimlessly waiting for your prescription to be filled. GoGoMeds.com, the new way to get your medicine delivered right to your door. Remember that getting your prescription filled now means never having to go to a store again. GoGoMeds.com, GoGoMeds.com. Use the promo code MIKE2018 to save $10 off your first prescription. That's GoGoMeds.com, promo code MIKE2018. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. 
Uh, my goal in life now is to have Titania McGrath. I'm sure that's a fake name, but that's who I want on my show and for the entire hour, maybe for every hour for five days. She's the funniest person on Twitter, Titania McGrath, T-I-T-A-N-I-A McGrath, M-C-G-R-A-T-H. She's working on a book, uh, Anthology of Slam Poetry, which will end the patriarchy, and she's writing it in the nude. This is, the, uh, this is, the, this is a kind of some of the stuff that, that this is from an interview with The Spectator. She wrote the book Woke because I was permanently banned from Twitter for a whole day. This gave me time to reflect on my subjugation as a woman in a patriarchal world and write a book about my impression, the enti- oppression. The entire document is a masterpiece unparalleled in the history of the written world. I'm attempting to s- destroy the capitalist system from within, and the only way I can do that is to make a S-load of cash. Uh, She also says, any male who attempts to review my book will be committing a form of sexual assault. I hope the literary editor is reading this. She thinks men are the cause of all misery and should should wear blinkers like horses. They're gruff, they're bad-tempered, they have base sexual instincts, and they sleep standing up. How about gender? For me, gender is not so much a spectrum but a kaleidoscope. Ouroboros, in a state of perpetual self-nourishment, I am all genders and none. Uh, she also is polyracial. I generally fluctuate between white, black, and vaguely beige. And she says she plans to transition to obesity. Being skinny is an act of aggressive fat shaming. If you don't believe me, try gaining 15 stones. She's from the UK and hanging around with some gymnasts. How much time do I got? Oh, I don't have time to read my favorite one. I'll get to it tomorrow. This uh, Titania. McGrath. She makes me laugh out loud when I read her. Not too many people do that. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>